Welcome to Juice Podcast. I'm Emily Harmon and today Gwen isn't here. Uh, I'm actually in the Canaries and I am at one of my favourite wineries. So I'm joined by... Jonathan Garcia. And we are at... Suertes del Marqués. So we're in Tenerife in the Canary Islands. So um, some of you already know some of the wines. I think Gwen and I have um, definitely posted about the wines and maybe brought them up on the podcast before. Um, But I think... Yeah, I'm not able to obviously tell you as many interesting things as Jonathan would be about the wine. So, um, yeah, tell us a bit about the history of the winery, where we are exactly on the island as well, because it's quite, everybody kind of, depending on what holiday you might have had in Tenerife, you might have a different perception yeah. of the landscape, yeah. of your experience on the island and what's happening here. Okay, so this is a family, a family seller that started in 2006. We started to produce wine in 2006, but my father started to be growing in the 86, but selling the grapes to other sellers in the in the, in the appellation. And then uh, in the first winters, in 2005, my father decided to, to start to, to produce uh, by ourselves, and 2006 was our first uh, vintage. We are located in the Orotava Valley, it's the north side of Tenerife, Orotava Valley, by El Orotava, the translation. It's one of the five appellations of, of Tenerife. It's one of the places with more history making wines. We do um, the first wine were planted in the end of the 15th century. And, uh, and so there's a, a, a long history behind the, the wines from, from Orota Valley, uh, from the Tenerife North, that many people didn't know yet. So I think uh, now we are trying to, to, to show the, the people the heritage that we have and also on all the, the, the things that we can uh, show to the world. And I guess part of the and part of the wine growing history here or the vine growing history is kind of a mix of Spanish and Portuguese, right, in terms of grape varietals, yeah. just because of the way Tenerife yes, was folded, right? Yes, that's the part of the part of the history of, of Tenerife. Many of the population that established here in the north side of Tenerife and also in the island of La Palma were Portuguese. Uh, Portuguese. That's why we have a lot of uh, different surnames that came from the from from Portuguese uh, families. For example, Pacheco, Carvalho, Lima. Uh, Luis, uh, Brito, so many of them uh, were established here when the, when the, the distribution of lands uh, after the conquest, and, uh, and so we receive a lot of heritage uh, from uh, from uh, from viticulture and um, grapes, obviously, uh, from from the Portuguese. So it's part of that also many of the population, local population, still didn't know. They don't know that relation that we have with Portugal. Yeah. And I guess the other thing that's sort of interesting for me, because I noticed that, I noticed that also in the food here that you see some influence as well, right, in some of the dishes and cooking. They say that it has some Portuguese yeah, oranges some, as well. Uh, some, uh, for example, the, the, what we call here mojo, a mojo is mojo, also that is the same word. Mm. Uh, so there were also some words like uh, millo, that is corn, maize in Spanish. So there were uh, a few things that also... Uh, came from uh, from the data tradition in the 16th century from uh, from the Portuguese mostly in the 16th century because most of this family came first not for working in the vineyard uh, came for working the sugar cane that was the main uh, business in the first half of the 16th century but then with the conquest with America with the developing the Caribbean uh, cheaper faster uh, of the sugar cane. Uh, the master of of rum left uh, this and continued with the with the with the wine with the wine business. And thank God they did because it's a pretty exciting place for wine. Yeah. And I think the thing that as well that I found quite striking about when I came here the first time, which was two years ago, I actually came to visit Yonatan here um, in October two thousand and eighteen. Was just like how different the north side is to the south side of the island. Like I think many people come here on holiday and maybe spend time in the south because you said the beaches are a bit more yeah. relaxed and it's hotter um but for me it was like the south side of the island looks a little bit like landing on the moon yeah and then you come over to the other side and it's like where am i in this like tropical like there's palm trees there's flowers everywhere it's super green it's really yeah. luscious it's colder you feel the wind the waves on the beach are pretty ferocious <laughs> yeah, I think this is one of the opportunities that has for, for everything uh, Tenerife, mm-hmm. that has uh, two different uh, islands in the same island. So the north is warmer, uh, temperatures from 5 to 10 degrees uh, higher, 
less rain so the people uh, the people that want to to go to the beach also uh, less uh, strong waves than, than, than the north uh, so a more plain places for big resorts so that's the the, the good thing that has the, the the south but the north has everything all the history all the the old towns all the viticulture or all the culture of the, of the island is in the north side and we're so at the moment we're actually sitting in the winery we're in Suertes in the cellar and we're located, so you said, Orotava Valley, and it's kind of the mid part of the north, right? Like, if you were looking at the map, it's almost yeah. halfway along on the north side of the island. Yeah, it's a small, it's a, yeah. you see the map, it's more or less in the middle, facing, facing north, and it's a, we are in the middle way of the east and the west. The, 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 the west will be Ico de los Vinos, uh, Buenavista, Garachico, and the, and the east will be going to La Laguna Santa Cruz. And soils here are pretty exciting. So um, most of our listeners and viewers will know that pretty excited about volcanic wines. So we talk a little bit about what is like specific here in your vineyard. Yeah, because uh, sometimes all people uh, normally said this is a volcanic soil, but in in between the volcanic soil there are a lot of uh, different uh, types, and there is the mother rock um, of basalt. Yep. And then, if you go, for example, in the in the Orta Valley, if you go to the west, it's uh, it's more sandy, more mm. soil, more basaltic rock in the in the close to the surface. If you go to the east, it's uh, mainly clay, so you have a more uh, more rich soil. And then uh, that's also a part of the composition of the vineyard. We are in a small appellation, uh, and then you see very clearly how uh, the Listan Blanco is uh, mostly planted in the west part where the soils are poor because it's a stronger vine and then the Listan Negro like, uh, is a little bit weak uh, go, uh, are planted from the middle to the east and that's uh, uh, the, 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 the experience of the growers during centuries so that uh, that soil much better works better for the, the Listan Blanco and the other soil goes much better to, to Lista Negro. It's a, what, uh, now we, we, we know all in Burgundy and other parts that the composition of the vineyard is different between uh, if you are in one side or the other side, also in a small place. Uh, 40 years, three years th- uh, 300 years ago, they, they, uh, 300 years ago, 200 years ago, they, they start to, to plant uh, only the, the grapes that are much better with the soil. So just like, I mean, for anybody that, um, I guess for the sort of newbies that are listening, so all of the white grapes are mostly on the volcanic soil, a lot of the basalt soils is the white varietals, and the reds are on the, yeah. the mixture with the more clay inside, yeah. heavier soils. Yeah. yeah. And, but I mean, in terms of, so you've, you said yourself, like you've been, you've got many, like you've got, what, 20 varietals or something? Yeah, uh, mostly we work uh, with uh, six, seven uh, main grapes, but then yeah. we have uh, in different parts uh, experimental vineyards with a lot of different grapes, more than 20 different grapes. Which is super exciting because, I mean, many of them I can't pronounce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or read. Like, well, how do you say that? That's a bit tricky. Yeah. But um, so I, there's lots of local grape varieties, which is um, fascinating for people to discover. Yeah. But I think the thing that, like, we've just spent some time walking around the vineyards here. It's just like the, like the absolute monster vines you've got in the vineyards, not just yeah. because of their age, but because of the soil that they're planted on. Like, they're absolutely huge. Yeah. I mean, it's a good segue into this wine. Yeah. Um, but maybe you can yeah. talk a little bit about that because I've never seen vineyards like this anywhere else. Yeah, the the, the transado system that I, uh, it's amazing to see people that are involved in the in the in the wine business. And normally, when you see these long vines uh, too old, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, the, there are some vines that if you can't with several arms because one vine can, can have a two three, two three four five six seven uh, different uh, arms. And you can count more than 40 meters long, and, uh, and then you see uh, clearly how all can be this this wine. Because for having an arm of uh, 15 meters, you need a lot of uh, a lot of years to to make in that way in the cordon trenzado. And cordon and trenzado is the name of this wine. Uh, we we make a drawing. And this is uh, the soil and how is the the um, the develop of uh, of the of the vine uh, longer, so more or less, it's more or less uh, 
the new drawing that we made. And trenzado literally translates as like a plait, right? It's braided. Like what, braid, what braid. I have in my hair, yeah. which wasn't when planned. You braid it, when you braid something, <laughs> and cordon is cordon. No? Yeah. And I remember asking you this question on my first visit, the reason why that was done. And there were a few theories around why that started. Yeah, the, the, I can say there are a few, but uh, there's nothing exactly written about the, the origin. I, uh, all is, uh, we thought that uh, it's coming from the Malvasia, the aromatic Malvasia, the Malvasia de Candia, that uh, was the main grape uh, during the middle of the 16th century to more or less the first half of uh, the 18th century, the popular grape here, that needs a uh, long pruning. So this is our great system for the grape varieties that, that are not productive in the first parts. So uh, that's why the evolution of this system here then we don't know if there was a grower here that they think about the uh, uh, making in this system making longer for having more bunches instead of planting or came from some place of Portugal and disappear or maybe before the phylloxera mm. or with the phylloxera so it's uh, it's difficult then why continue with the with the in the, in the next centuries with other grapes it's due also is a productive uh, system that is uh, well adapted to a rich soil than, uh, like uh, here. And also in places that uh, we have a limitation of a space, like by uh, Rotava, uh, they can, can move the arms and cultivate in the middle the gap that you have in the middle of the, of, of the rows. Uh, you can plant other, other things like potatoes, like pumpkins and other, and other things. So they used to... In that way, another thing that is very good, uh, very useful for the west part of the valley is uh, you find a lot of places with uh, with uh, stones, basalt in the surface. So they plant in the in the fertile soil, and then they extend uh, through the the soil not fertile because it's full of rock instead of uh, rock that they destroy with uh, dynamite. They 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 jump. Uh, that part and uh, hanging and uh, they only planting this uh, in this part uh, of the fertile soil and, uh, and, and crossing the, the the rocks over and so they can have a quantity in that yes. uh, extension of land yeah no it's super smart i mean they look amazing and they really do like that one vine that we saw today in your vineyard where it had like five arms coming from it and i said it looked like Davy Jones, because it looked like a yeah, monster octopus monster, that had yeah, come yeah. up from the depths, just like splayed out Sometimes everywhere. Sometimes it's like a, I said that it's like a, a, a snake with three heads, something that. Yeah, it is a bit like that. Then, uh, Medusa's head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a head it's, with uh, many snakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah amazing. Um, so just, I mean, it's worth just uh, if anybody wants to get on Google and check out pictures of that. I mean, I'll tag in. Uh, on our Instagram account um, and on the YouTube page and it'll also be in the footnotes of anybody listening to audio some picture links uh, so they can see pictures of the the vines because I think they're pretty fascinating so I mean I've already sort of started getting quite stuck into this the first wine so Trenzado obviously so we know the name is is named after the Cordon Trenzado this braiding system what can you tell us about this wine then? Yeah, the, this is, uh, <laughs> I, uh, um, we produce two, two different white wines. One is Trenzado and the other one is Bidonia. And Trenzado is coming from the west part of the valley. Uh, those uh, vineyards normally are more volcanic. And when I say volcanic, is uh, that the, the basaltic is more close to the surface. It's more sandy. And then Bidonia is from the middle to the east uh, vineyard, more mostly from the Suertes area, where the soil has uh, more clay, uh, is uh, richer. So uh, this is the difference between the vineyards, because so both has uh, very old vines, so the difference is the composition of the soil. And then also the winemaking is, uh, is, uh, is the same. We work in Trenzados, mostly big volumes or foodres, so normally from 20 hectoliters to 45 hectoliters. And, uh, and so then, uh, yeah, so it's this is 25, us. and then we have 45 yeah. and 20. So, and then the Vidonia uh, normally is said in 2019 that they have to make also in a big food because we don't have a, a big production, was uh, not good for in yields uh, the, the 19. 
uh, normally it's made in 500 liters barrels, smaller barrels, uh, used barrels. So uh, normally Tensado has a, a more production. And uh, so when I, when I have something new that normally I don't try to have a new oak, but for having old oak, I prefer to make a new oak by myself. I mm. put in Trenzado because the impact of oak is going to be reduced in the blender because I have old oak. Yeah. Okay. And normally uh, Vidonia is, uh, is old oak. So Trenzado is the one that, like for people uh, maybe starting off, like maybe it's easier to find Trenzado, right? Because yeah. the volume's higher. Yeah. Um, so for those of you, well, I'll put some links in anyway at the end of like where people can find the wines in their relevant markets. Yeah. I, Trenzado was the first wine that I tried actually out of all of your wines. Yeah. Uh, when it had the older green label on it. Yeah, also I, what I said is that Trenzado uh, Bidonia uh, has a different level of prices, but it's not a matter of quality. It's a matter of that I sometimes I make more production or less, and the price is that, but the quality could be the same or higher, depends on vintage uh, from the from Trenzado and Bidonia on the opposite. So it's not a, it's just a matter of, of soil than, than, than a quality status. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I adore this wine just in terms of, I mean, I've recently been doing this by the glass um, at my restaurant in Berlin and it just, it, I think it opens up people's eyes because everybody's quite curious about volcanic wine and I think um, there definitely is like a, a fingerprint always of the soil, particularly in volcanic wine over yes. any other terroir, yeah. which is why I'm, for me, they're the most terroir-driven wines in the world is, is wine from volcanic soil because you can just feel that that racy acidity on the side of your palate, yeah. that freshness that you don't necessarily always get from other soil types. Yeah. And I think a, an abundance of flavour, actually, like some of these great varieties. I mean, I've tried Palomino in other parts of the world and it's just like, it's almost uncomparable to how it is yeah. here on the, that specific soil. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, uh, for me, I am uh, also one, one thing that um, sometimes... Uh, it's important in this, uh, this soil uh, that uh, the volcanic soils tend to make uh, a little bit of reductive wines that uh, is uh, something that is common from the from the wines made from volcanic soil and with uh, indigenous yeast that we don't do we don't avoid so for for me uh, volcanic soils work in good way it has uh, a great acidity. It's, uh, also, you see that uh, the combination of uh, different types of soil, how you can find also elegance, it depends on of the place, but for me, the, the things in the north side, because also depends of uh, where uh, in Canary Island, there are seven islands with different uh, weather, different soils, uh, and so the profile can, can change, but uh, normally in the north side, you have a, a lot of freshness and, uh, and acidity in the in the wines made uh, with, uh, with the, the local grapes. The, no, not only Lisa Blanco, with the, with all the all the local grapes. Hmm. Mm. I mean, I love the saltiness in this wine as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's for me. This is nineteen. Kind of uh, we are we are tasting the nineteen. I like uh, the, the evolution of this wine when it has. Uh, after four, uh, after eight uh, to ten months in bottle, is when uh, for me uh, start to be in a, in the best moment to to, to see the potential that, that, that has this wine. Now it's uh, uh, five months, I think. Uh, no, it's in June, uh, four months. Yeah, so you still bottle. think slightly closed and yeah. it'll start to open up a bit yeah, more. Yeah, but uh, and, and then when it start the, the, the spring, uh, it's uh, more or less it's, uh, the, this wine shows all the potential, all the the mineral, uh, the minerality that people don't, don't like to to use that word. But uh, I don't know how this, to explain because uh, the Lista Blanco is not uh, an aromatic grape in the north side of Tenerife. But then, for example, I'm making one uh, Lista Blanco from the south face of Tenerife in the opposite valley by the women, and you see how the nose is much aromatic being the same grape, but also uh, it's my, my personal opinion that there could be more than 10 different clones of uh, Listan Blanco. Also in the same valley, uh, you, you see how the leaves of the west are uh, uh, smaller and with more stripe, more, more, less, uh, and, and here it's a little bit more open, mm. more close to the, to the Listan Negro. Okay. So also, uh, all of us, we are saying that the Listan Blanco is the same grape, but it's not 
de Listán Blanco, from Santiago del Teide, from Villaflor, from Wimar, then from La Rotava, or, or from the center to the west of La Rotava. So maybe 10 clones uh, is more, and maybe the, the Listán Blanco from Taganana, from a lot of centuries planted there. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even really think about the different clone types, to be honest, no. or the different types of Listán that would be here. And I guess because the vineyards here, which we haven't talked about, is everything's ungrafted. No. So they're on their original roots and they're super old, like the ones you said here. No. I mean, your youngest vines uh, are what, like 80 or something? 100 years is uh, normal to, to, to see. This is uh, the average age is uh, 100 years. Yeah. The, the normal, uh, new vineyards normally of all Istanbul Blanco you don't, you don't see. So you'd also think with ungrafted old vines um, that are planted widely throughout the island, it would make sense that there would be mutations or different clones or some... Yeah. Evolution of what's happening there. Yeah, this uh, the, this is to, uh, continuing changing. I think that uh, maybe in uh, in sixty years, uh, let's see what uh, could happen with the with the Lisan Blanco that is planted in Las Suertes, the one that is going to to Vidonia. Maybe uh, we will see a new a new grape. It's uh, also you see with the Palomino Fino. The the problem is that when we consider that in uh, Palomino Fino is the is a full uh, whole grape and uh, and Listan Blanco is the Palomino Palomino Fino by the DNA. But then, then you see that uh, there are changes in the same mutation. So I don't know how can I can say the the the, the, the people that study this, but the. Uh, the, the, the way to change uh, are having mutation uh, having different clones also happen with the with the garnacha from Navarra that uh, that are studies that uh, there are a lot of different clones and all people saying that in Spain this is garnacha but it's not the same from Gredos that uh, is in Navarra in Navarra from the south or from the north and uh, and I mean is there anybody doing any ampelographical work like is anybody is there, is there like a little nursery anywhere in the Canaries or not really? Or is there, that just they that say mostly the, the, suppose that the most interesting, most serious uh, studies are made in the University of Tarragona, Rovira Vigil, that they normally they take in the, and, and they were the ones that, uh, that saw that, uh, for example, the Malvasia Rosada that we have uh, here is a, a full indigenous grape from here because of the mutation of, of color of the Aromatic Malvasia and also the, the grape that uh, we didn't know it was uh, Pedro Jiménez, uh, people call uh, Pedro Jiménez, other ones in the same studies called Torrontes, and finally it's Torrontes Volcanico, it's a new grape that is uh, it's not in other part of the world, so it's uh, are, are, uh, mutations, clones or something, mm. it's, some, it's something totally uh, new. Uh, and uh, also there are different studies that they they didn't uh, receive the name yet because it's a, a, a no grape so people also don't, don't, think don't, about what call don't, don't call in any, in any way so so there, there are still a lot of uh, studies to do to do here this is uh, will be for the for, for the scientific people that are for studying about the uh, uh, wine growing uh, for the for the for, for the vines with the culture. This is a place that uh, will be amazing because it's one of the most uh, older that uh, still have a lot of grapes. And uh, we say that uh, one of the the advantages that we have when we have the the gap of exportation that uh, when we finish in the beginning of 19th century uh, to export the wine, they start to be not popular the exportation and to uh, start in uh, ten years ago when start to grow again the exportation mm. is to do not be in contact with the with the market mm. because uh, we were continuing exporting uh, in, the, in those uh, centuries in the uh, beginning of uh, 20th century and of 19th century maybe the phylloxera could come and not only the phylloxera also the because we will plant also the the, the, the vines from uh, the, the typical of uh, that moment the, the, the Cabernet or Merlot Tempranillo that they were start to, to replace the indigenous grapes in the, in the whole Europe and uh, because uh, also one thing that the people say that is in the, in the volcanic soil the Viloxera can uh, have a develop but uh, you see there are some soils here in Canary Island that uh, also can have the Viloxera uh, develop not all are sandy not all full volcanic like Lanzarote or, or the sandy soil that, yeah, yeah, that you see here in uh, some part, for example, the north side of Tenerife, the north side of, of La Palma, uh, you have a lot of clay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so for me, we have uh, the two advantages that uh, one of not this, uh, having no fire in the phylloxera and also not go inside the fashion of the of the of that those grapes that will replace all the, the indigenous grapes. And now we are in a good moment because uh, now the, the market is looking for uh, indigenous grapes, uh, something uh, something new, and we continue keeping. And hopefully these unknown grapes that they haven't named yet are going to be something easy to pronounce for us non-Spanish, non-Canarian people. (laughs) So we're not having complete anxiety, panic attacks when we're at the wine shop. Trying to order them. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, I know that most of them are not easy to pronounce. This is Vidonia 19, also it's a vintage with, a, with shorter production and the 19 vintage in all, all the white grapes of Canary Island. And this is uh, it's made from Lisa Blanco from, from this area, from La Suerte area, it's around uh, near the property. So for everybody listening, we were just tasting the 2019 Transado before, and now we're on to the 2019 Vidonia. And um, this is my first time trying this, but this... Okay. This particular wine, Vidonia, is my favourite of the wines that you produce, yeah. and I know that you produce more red than white, but I love this wine, and it's yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, also, it's my one of my favourite wines. I think it's my favourite volcanic white wine. Yeah. Did I just say that? I just yeah. said that, but I think it is. Yeah, maybe you tried yeah. the nineteen. I don't like that. Also, let's see. Oh yeah, but I mean, like consistently. <laughs> yeah. yeah it has. No, but normally the it's, uh, old vintage used to be normally a regular. And uh, there, are, there are good things that mm. some, some ones have more volumes. I remember the 17 has a little bit more volume in mouth. Uh, the 16 and 18 more sharp, and this is on, on the middle way of the of the 18 and 17. So it's a uh, so yeah. There's some really lovely texture that I think is going to be there as well. This it still feels very young, but what I love about this wine is. Um, you still have that lovely sort of bracing salty acidity but the mm-hmm. integration of that acidity with the texture yeah. um, and the detail in the wine as well like just the focus in this wine for, for me sometimes I, I said that it's Trenzado uh, uh, has a little bit more uh, more rustic character that is very good for the volcanic that, that, that volcanic character and Bidonia is the Listan Blanco the elegant uh, so normally I try to, to define in the same grape how one is more wide and, uh, and Bidonia is the elegance of the grape. And for me, so at the restaurant, I recommend this to people um, who want something, like if they're, this is the perfect table, a table of two, a couple. Somebody wants something classic, but yeah. somebody wants something a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but they are like, I want it kind of natural, but I don't want it too funky. You know, yeah, like there's yeah, still, like yeah, kind yeah. of there's like these two yeah, like polarities, all... and then you say like, hang on, I'm going to give you this. I'm like, you want white, right? And you give them this, and they're like, yes. Both parties are really content with this wine, and I think yeah. that's what I love about it. Is it's for people who appreciate fine, more classic styles, yeah, but also for, more, for, for someone more type of people. I think that yeah. it's more open, uh, open public. Mm. And it's a good blind wine to give to people because they can't always work it out. Yeah. Well, I think when it's when you give it to someone blind, they're yeah, not always yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, they're, like, a, they're like racking their brains. Like, is it yeah, this? Yeah, because it can't uh, be that. sometimes know. people uh, think that maybe could be something from Loire, from Chenin Blanc. Or some, sometimes uh, go for to me, it's Gormandy. more kind of Chablis. Yes. Yeah, sometimes like, yeah. Uh, like, uh, like Chablis, uh, mostly Chablis. Uh, so, so it's nice for for playing. Uh, so in uh, blind, the people that I like to to play is a uh, is a wine. And, uh, and normally I think that uh, those uh, two grapes are uh, the, the ones that uh, in the blind uh, tasting people say, say more Chenin or Chardonnay from, yeah. from, from, uh, from a part from Burgundy a little bit more sharp. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I guess that's one thing we haven't talked about. I mean, generally on juice we, we have a lot of natural wines or I guess I wouldn't say just natural wines but we tend to gravitate towards producers that are working in a particular way in their vineyards Um, so it could be interesting for our listeners to know a little bit about how you work in the vineyards yeah we work in uh, organic everything is uh, without any herbicide we we, uh, keep the spontaneous cover crop so uh, we have a lot lot of work here because uh, we are in the west side of Tenerife with volcanic soil that normally the volcanic soil are very fertile, very very rich. 
So when uh, when the, this soil has uh, has water, they, they grow very fast. So we spend a lot of uh, a lot of time uh, cutting. But for me, it's something that uh, in the cordon trenzado, if you don't have a spontaneous cover crop, uh, you can open the soil because uh, it's, uh, you are not able to put any machine that can uh, can open uh, mechanic. I mean, even walking through your vineyards is still. It's a bit of a quest, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah, so, so it's difficult, yeah. so it's impossible to, to put any form moving. And this is a, a natural way of opening the soil, and then the, the, the roots of this spontaneous uh, crop are, are opening, giving air to the, of the soil. And also, is, uh, we have a, a lot of uh, steep uh, slopes, and also the, the water can be retained by the, the cover crop. So it's not what happened with the herbicide uh, soils uh, that, that um, some growers uh, do, is that they slide. And you work in, in uh, over it, it's like, a, it's like a, a, a concrete, it's like a cement uh, working uh, over it. And this one are more, more, more live uh, soil also. When you, when you uh, take uh, one, uh, one plant out, and you see how all the all the, all the insects are the down moving in the, down the the clay or the the sun uh, over under the sun, sun. And, uh, and for me it's, uh, it's great. It also gives a competition to the vines to the so the the ripeness, the acidity that the, that we have in the in the bunches yeah. are much better than when they, the plant has uh, everything to only for for the plant. And uh, another thing, then uh, all the the treatments in the in the, in the vines are uh, under the ecological uh, certification, so so we don't use any systemic treatments. And then in the cellar, also because uh, we, if you work in the in the, in the vines uh, organic, and then you use a, a lot of. Uh, Commercial yeast yeah, and a lot of things, uh, yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of things inside uh, is uh, have no sense. There are a lot of uh, uh, certified sellers uh, in, in the world, and then uh, start to use uh, the yeast inside because it's allowed by the ecological one is a, a certification, and, and so we follow also inside the cellar. But we add sulfur because for me. And uh, I, did, I still uh, defend uh, the use of sulfur in a short amount because for me it's part of uh, protecting the my vineyard, my my the exactly place where it's uh, coming, and also you can really uh, sometimes shows a little bit more the character of the grape. Of yeah. the, uh, so that's uh, my opinion, but always in short uh, amounts. But uh, but for me. For the moment, maybe if you uh, ask no, me. No, but I again. guess I guess with um, with the sulfur use anyway, you wouldn't need to use a large amount because the pH no. in the wines would anyway be so low here, right? Yeah. Yes. But yeah. like, actually, the potential for bacteria is quite low anyway in yeah, the wines. But then but there are some grapes that has a higher pH. For example, okay. the Castellana Negra, what we call the before Tintilla. So there are some grapes that has a higher pH. So you have to take care, but uh, but uh, mostly yes. In uh, most of the grapes, for example, uh, our whites, uh, when uh, they don't make the malolactic, the pH uh, is uh, two point ninety three, so it's very low. And the uh, and the reds, Valistan uh, Negro, the good great vineyards after malolactic is uh, three point forty, and uh, and the Bavos and Bicalio that has a nice. Uh, pH and acidity is 3.30, 3.40 after mm. malolactic, so, so it's still a, low. So now it's 350, sometimes there are other vineyards, but uh, normally the average is uh, 350 in my wines because uh, then 7 pointers are a little bit higher, but always that is low. You go I, to, to maybe some. Uh, I mean, it's funny. I mean, it's funny the topic around sulfur, though, isn't it? Because I mean, so it comes up at, at almost every single wine training I do. We get asked about it a lot on the podcast. I get asked a lot about it a lot through Vina Lupa, and I still don't understand this sort of dogma around it because it's just like actually, unless you actually go into the sciencing and have a full understanding of the science behind the wine and what those figures even mean, that actually very meaningless numbers to many people and for me the, the only time I even consider sulfur as a buyer 
obviously it'd be different if I was a winemaker because uh. it is something you have to consider as a winemaker but for me as a buyer the only time I'm considering it is if there is clearly too much sulfur in a wine that, no, that is a, a fault yeah. and equally if there is not enough where there should be and the wine is faulty because of for, that for me, that's both, the only both, time uh, both sides are uh, for me as a consumer the, it's one of the of the phrases that I always say that I start I, I consider me a wine consumer and then a wine producer so for me I I, I, I agree that I, I don't like uh, both sides uh, I don't like the the, 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 the sulfur side that they, that is uh, you smell and this is full of sulfur and it's a lot of headache and then I don't like the part of zero uh, sulfites added and the wine is not good. Obviously, if you find a zero, oh, yeah, zero, zero sulfite uh, not, uh, added and uh, there are other producers that uh, make uh, great wines and, uh, and, uh, and I appreciate uh, these uh, these wines. For me, uh, some. I think that it's not easy, and, uh, and there are not so many producers in the world that uh, make uh, really well. But also, talking about, uh, there are regions that are not easy to to work in, the, in, the, in those way, and, and other ones that are uh, easier by the by the grapes, yes. by the soils, and yes. by the weather, by the by the, the, the humidity, by a lot of factors that. Uh, that are easier or less to work in zero sulfites added. I say zero sulfites added because of the, of the wines and natural yeah, wines always have sulfites uh, of the fermentation. Yeah. So they say if you make an analytic, uh, people say no, I have a zero sulfur of total. That's not true. Uh, at least has uh, 10, 11 or 12 of total because it's uh, the sulfites are uh, made in the, in the fermentation. That's, uh, but that's they're also going down all the time as well, right? Like, yeah. I mean, and also it depends, free, bound, everything. I mean, there's so much to talk about with that, but is it really interesting is my... You know, like, yeah. I don't know, like that but, conversation could go on for hours and what will we get out of it? But I, I, I prefer one uh, wine a little bit uh, with some defects of uh, zero added than uh, 150 of total sulfur that, uh, that uh, for me is uh, it's very difficult yeah it is it's a, it is a challenge and I, I'm especially now I think there's a lot we've still got a lot of education to do around mm. understanding that I think as buyers as uh, people who communicate around wine because I know Oh, it's natural, it's natural. It's okay, yeah, but it's really mousy and it doesn't yeah. taste good and I don't want to drink it. But, yeah, that Vidonia, I've, I mean, I've smashed for the, anybody who's on audio, which is many of our listeners, I've drunk my glass of wine already. Jonathan's being yeah. a little bit more conservative in his no, uh, yeah, wine tasting Because course. then after this tasting, we have to yeah, taste, we have to uh, taste uh, more wine. So 40, need... 40 wines from the barrel. That's so Emily I mean. needs to just be careful with how much she's consuming. Yeah. But um, yeah, so let's go on to the next one then. So that's the two two of the whites, yeah. two of the wines. Yeah. So we're just pouring now. This is Sete Fuentes or Seven Fuentes, um, and the vintage is eighteen. 18. Okay, so two thousand eighteen Sete Fuentes. The one Fuentes. that we are selling now. Yeah. Eighteen is made of ninety uh, percent of. Uh, Listan Negro, 10% of Castellana Negra. Uh, when I say Castellana Negra, uh, and you see all the labels of Seven Fuentes, will be what we call the Tintilla. So these are made of more than 25 different vineyards. I say 25, uh, I can say 30, it depends on vintage, because our, our, most of our growers vineyard, more or less 85%, 80% from growers and the rest are from the property. This is Avila's wine. Uh, here we have a soil from 350 to 700 meters, uh, orientation north, uh, east, uh, west, uh, all type of orientations. Uh, uh, more sandy, uh, more clay, so, so depends. And uh, we have a sand wines. Because I made, I said the sand wines because I made all separate and then I blend uh, after nine months. So there are some wines that are, has more fruit, other wines that are more mineral, more complex. And then this is the final result of the vintage, because for me it's also important that this wine is going to show how was the, the vintage in the, in the area. And uh, the aging is 60% in, in concrete, aging, rounded. 
Um, mm-hmm. Felipe Shanim, uh, 500 liters barrel uh, during uh, nine months. Nine months. Yeah. And why the name Seven Fuentes, Sete Fuentes? Seven Fuentes is a story that uh, my father got me, told me that uh, there were seven places, it's like a seven bars, but uh, we have to return uh, 60 years uh, behind, and 60 years behind here is not uh, 60 years behind uh, London. So this is. Uh, it would have been like going back what two or three hundred years. Ago. Yeah, yeah, more or less. <laughs> more or less could be one hundred and fifty years in London. Pirate so, ship docking in. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, after working the agriculture, uh, the workers uh, go to make what they say the the roots of the seven fuentes is like uh, seven water springs will be, but there were seven bars for drinking wine. So they don't drink uh, beer here, they don't drink uh, whiskey, they, don't drink, they drink what they have, the alcohol that they have uh, was uh, wine in the, that moment. So, so it's kind of a little homage or a little nod of the yeah, cat back to the yeah, time it once was. And seven, seven places where they go to, to drink the wine and make it like a road or something. They, they move on three or four, they drink one glass in Sparta, they move uh, talking with the, with the people. And so for me, it's also part of this wine because they were... Uh, this is coming from different parts of, of the town, so could be also part of the these seven bars, seven places, because the bars were growers. Because uh, here it's very traditional okay. that all the growers had a bar, so it's what they, they call a wachinche. You're gonna they, set one up here? Or? Yeah. So so if you go the, here and you see wachinche, they are, they are producing wine. Bull wine, mm. so that that was they were they they were not bars that selling the wine from other one. They produce those wine, and so this is could be one of uh, part of that the story. Seven deadly sins of the Orotava Valley in one wine. This is awesome, by the way. And so this wine, I think the first vintage I think I tried this was fourteen. Yeah, in London. When was the first vintage that Ben uh, in London? Nine, uh, 11. Yeah, maybe maybe it was earlier, but I know we had it at Marita. That label sometime. or because it was the, the, uh, yeah, the, the old label. The old label uh, uh, was until 13. So then 13 maybe yeah. was the first one. Yeah. And then I just, I do remember, and I said this last time, was that shift between, I think, 15 and 16, where they just... And even now trying this wine, it's just got this little bit more refined. Like it used to be a wild animal. Hmm. Like it was like wild forest man. Yeah. Like it was pretty funky, right? And it's so nice because I think it's still got this kind of, the spiciness, the herbal nature. This very unique character that you see in Listan Negro in this wine. But it just has this little bit more fruit and this little bit more finesse that it's Yeah, um, this, uh, this more pure. also I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit more fruit in uh, the wines. Uh, what I'm seeing is less, uh, less greenest f- uh, since uh, 16. 16 uh, for example, for me, 16 was a great vintage. Uh, the, the only thing is that uh, uh, for the people that, uh, that really didn't like was because sometimes it was a little bit cloudy because it was a vintage very, very, very light. But uh, for me, it was a, a great uh, change in the, in the in Seven Fuentes. And uh, so also important for me is uh, uh, to be complex but also approachable to more type of, uh, of people. And also the evolution that I'm seeing in the, in the, in the bottle is... Uh, it's great uh, in, um, in the last vintage. I mean, I'd kind of recommend this wine, like, because I've often, I mean, this is another wine that I've done by the glass a lot in some of my consultancy projects, but also at Aura as well. But often when the first question is, well, what's it like? Um, of course, I'm like, well, you need to taste it because it's got its own character. But I think for me, I recommend this wine to people who maybe are used to drinking things like Beaujolais, for example, yeah, gamay, a decent, good quality Gamay, or yeah. even things like Menthea from Galicia, from the yeah. right appellation, like an unoaked, fresher style. Yeah, um, for, for me, it's, a, it's a, sometimes it's a mix of for like uh, Morgon with with the Rhone, uh, so it's something. Uh, yeah, it's like got. That. Do you know what? It's got syrup, but it's more like um, you know, like I remember some good vintages. Not every vintage, but some good vintages from. Um, from Alicante, from um, oh, what's his name, Navarro. 
But his Ganacha Paluda suppresses. Look, I remember some earlier vintages of that. They they got a little bit wild towards the end. But there was this herbal spiciness and this crunchiness to that, which I. That produces uh, is great. The problem is that uh, he didn't continue his whole uh, the project. But uh, I am opening yeah. opening some bottles from uh, 13, 12, uh, and, and the evolution is uh, is going uh, very good. Very, uh. Loved his pet nuts. Everything. Yeah. I keep saying that Jonathan should be doing a list and every pet nut because it would be the most hips. <laughs> for for the moment, I have some more plants before the pet nut. <laughs> I'm a little bit more classic. And then you, call, then you should call it Sete Sins, Seven Sins, <laughs> Seven Great Varietals. From yeah, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> That's a bit tacky, like a, maybe. But. Like, uh, like uh, Aurelian Laert has a seven grapes, so champagne with seven grapes. Yeah. Have, uh, how is it, the name? Seven. Uh, uh, seven Sipash. Uh, less, less seven. Less seven. Less seven. Um, yes, so I think Petnat could be the way. I love this. Anybody looking for low alcohol, it's 12.5%, low alcohol, spicy, crunchy, aram- it's a bit aromatic, but fruity, delicious, yeah. salty wine. This is. Yeah, this is this winter this is a little bit more, more fruity in the nose. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. Then we will try from the tank uh, the, the blend of the, of the 19. Okay, uh, yeah. And see. So now the next one will be a single vineyard. Now I'm uh, returning to 17 vintage. This is El Ciruelo. It's a 100% Listan Negro. This is a soil from 480 to 520 meters. And the plot's just down there, right? Like yeah, it's we, just we, a we plot. go a little bit down to the right. And it's that, uh, and we hear the soil. Um, Gives more complexity to the to the wines. Also, I made in different way. I make uh, with uh, all the single vineyards. I normally work with a hundred percent whole bunch. And uh, and I made a, a one wine making without uh, touching the pump in, in all the process. So I uh, so it's normally it's a it's a food trodden during the the whole fermentation and then yes maceration wetting the 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 cup. Um, just by hand or this is with feet because it's in concrete no but after the foot stomping like just to wet the cap uh, normally I, I take uh, how is uh, from the bottom and then oh yeah watering uh, can yeah it's and like a regadera no? yeah regadera yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. to be honest <laughs> and in the last windows I've seen one easy way and it's uh, due uh, the peristaltic pump for the making that okay. you can make it with a very low uh, speed and it's like uh, making that way so it's exactly the same of wetting very 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 soft uh, but someone's not going up and down the ladder all the time hmm? i said someone doesn't have to go up and down the ladder yeah that, that's a uh, i the, the from uh, 16 and 17 uh, i was doing it that way and, so, uh, and, and i say why uh, we don't try to this uh, to make it this way because really it's exactly the same so uh, i so i had to do that when i did vintage at commando g uh, with danny and, and fernando and we used to have to write it down so it'd be like cuanto regaderas uh, <laughs> you'd be like well, i don't know um, the, problem is, uh, well, the, the problem is to go two. down and go up and also when, when you, you know you have yeah. to go the uh, 30 meters to there, back down, go up, and then 30 meters. So, so for making a, so but uh, just uh, making softer the the, the wedding and then uh, run off when I consider that. And then 11 months in, in 500 liter barrels. So El Ciruelo, and it's um, 100% Listan Negro. Yeah. This is a vintage is 17. 17 vintage, yeah. This is a business that uh, that was uh, with a higher yield. Normally, in the appellation, it's, uh, it's something that has, uh, that when I harvest, uh, I didn't have a, a, a great expectation with the with the vintage. But then the evolution is uh, is being very well in all the, all the wines. Yeah. It's amazing this wine. Like I mean, it already goes into kind of even though it's. Okay, I know that there's a little bit of another great variety in the other wine, but 
it, the profile of the wine, you still see the identity of the grape, but it just becomes more serious. The fruit's coming through. Uh -huh. There's this like lovely, finely grained tannin. It's a, uh, no, it feels more, are, I want to say more Burgundian than the, yeah, uh, the wine before. Uh, these wines from, uh, from this altitude, uh, Chihuahua or Esquilón, normally you feel more the tannins and needs mm. uh, more time in bottle. Also, one thing that I want to, to put uh, this wine is the new uh, 17 when I bottle was uh, uh, reductive. Also the 18, and now when you when you taste, uh, you don't feel that uh, reductive nose. So that it's for, uh, for me, it's important because now the wine in the same bottle is so good in there without the. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. It's got this kind of like black cherry, yeah. um, almost going into like rose petal on the nose. Yeah. It's really pretty, actually. And I think that uh, still needs a little bit more bottle for maybe mm. uh, maybe two years more for for. for uh, Polish all the those tannins. Polish is the word. Yeah, polish, yeah, yeah, soften them. But I I mean I'm a big I love Italian wines, so for me I'm okay with a bit of tannin. For me, for me the tannin is part of, uh, of the evolution of yeah. uh, having or not evolution because uh, uh, all people want uh, now to make uh, great wines and start to drink in, in uh, after bottling. So but uh, I then want uh, that in 10 years this wine is alive. That's what pet nuts for. Uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, but, but people want the great <laughs> wine the first that. day <laughs> and want a great wine after 10 years. So yeah. sometimes it's uh, difficult to have both things. Uh, so sometimes if you want to day, open... Yeah, yeah, yeah but, uh, but <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, other, other thing. Mm. The whites go in one side and the reds Normally needs a structure, needs tannins. Yeah. For 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 me, the 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 white what needs is acidity for aging, and the and the red also needs acidity, but needs also a structure. The tannin, uh, yeah. Tannins, tannins, and also the the good thing is that the the Listan Negro is not a tannic grape, so so I can work in this way, and not not uh, because maybe you. Ah, uh, you do the, how I work uh, this in other in other wines, and you can open one bottle in seven eight years. Yeah, because the tannins. No, for me, I feel like the the structure and the skeleton of the wine, let's say, is built around the acid mm. rather than the tannin. Actually, in this in this particular yeah. wine, obviously the tannin is sort of supportive, but um, it's definitely a wine all about the acidity level as well. Mm. Not to say that it's over acidic, but I think because um, mm. I don't think that, but it's a it's beautiful that wine. It's great to try it after, I mean, it's seventeen. It's yeah, this is a vintage that uh, is not in the, in the market. As I said, it's not in the market from the cellar. Maybe it could be yeah. in the retailers and the wine shops. But uh, but I I open for for see also how is the evolution of of El Silvero with a with a, with a bottle bottle. Now we we just bottle the the nineteen. The nineteen will be under other. Uh, wine name is uh, the uh, uh, registered name that is. Uh, so are we going to know that now? That's so like a surprise to come. No, it's Las Suertes. Oh, okay. Be Las okay. Suertes, okay. Or like the name of the of the area, and it uh, was the. Uh, there are a lot of uh, offices in uh, mainland Spain or in Spain that they want to to have money. And uh, I have a when I I try to register that and I receive a. The agreement of the government that El uh, Silver is registered, then they put uh, something and they refuse re 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 oh, so a oh, company that sells uh, grapes uh, bulk by bulk in uh, Murcia. So they they don't uh, they don't have El Silver register for wine, and then uh, do I made everything by myself? I I I don't fight. And then do I don't fight? They they register later, not me. So I make an agreement. I say okay. I, for me, it's not important. Uh, the name for me much more important the land and the and the and the wine than the uh, name. Yes, that, I like that. I mean, I had a similar. We'll talk about that off camera, but I had a similar situation. I think um, so. For those people that want to know more about this wine, obviously El Sil. Well, uh, for 17, 18, and then from 19, it's called Las Suertes. Yes, okay. after 19, it will be Las Suertes. Yeah. 
Yeah. All cameraman is actually is just pouring himself an extra extra wine over there, which I've got my yeah. eye on. But um, <laughs> which, which might, have, which can, might, which might. Oh, that's the Las, can, Los Lacitos. So maybe that's a nice closing us? wine for us. Yeah. Okay. So bonus track. He's silent, but he's menacing behind the camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a troublemaker that may appear on another episode of Juice Wine Podcast. We'll reveal when we see his face. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, I know we're about to talk to this, uh, talk about the next wine that we're about to try, but I guess the things that I'm thinking about as well is just, um, where do you see the future? Like, is there anything that hasn't already happened? Like, is there anything that you think would be interesting for our listeners to hear about? Like, what's your vision in terms of, for the island, for Suetas del Marquez? Uh, for me, my, uh, my more or less the... My vision for my cellar is, is clear. Is, uh, I want to to try to to work my my vineyards. Also, I'm, uh, I'm planting new vineyards. I'm recovering some uh, some grapes, planting different parts, and uh, and then uh, for me the my vision and what I really want to to have in the future is that um, Canary Island could be really a destination for the wine uh, wine people. Still, uh, all of you, the professionals, the, the very professional, are, are coming for visit because you are here, you know, because this. But still, when you go to the towns from here, you see where are the wine bars, where are the. the it's really so, difficult to find so, the good wines, so and also it's easy yeah, yeah, to find a lot no, of rubbish that, wine. That's, to be honest, that, that's the problem. Yeah. And so, so for me, uh, still, you notice that it's not a, a serious wine region because you still don't have a. The places for 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 the wine uh, wine people to have a, to go and uh, have a wine to open bottles because for me uh, the most important thing for my knowledge for my learning is to drink wine to drink wine not from from me for no, for the neighbor it's from drink from everywhere and so I would like to go uh, to a wine bar that has a good selection of of Jura, Ribera Sacra, or Barolo, everything, and uh, you don't find in the island, and, and then I, I know that there will be something good for, for the wines from, from here, for attracting, and also you as a wine consumer, you want to try wines, but after one week, uh, uh, maybe you want to open a, a finish of the night, one a good bottle of other things, and share with the, with the growers, and, and uh, so I think uh, there will be something that uh, we have to improve because also I'm seeing that uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, appellations that want to make the wine route here and I said which wine route are you going to do what are you going to show the the, the sellers still has to to, to improve uh, for having a, 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 a to attend the people if not uh, what uh, and the, the the perception outside you are going to destroy with the with the with, because uh, many sellers are not preparing yet uh, they are not uh, they are around 200 sellers in Canary Island but still I think that uh, uh, I like no more than 15 20 sellers at this moment and I think that we have to 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 increase the, that. Yeah, you need I'm, a I'm talking not as a consumer. Now I'm talking as a consumer. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Producer. I think you're right, though. I mean, it's definitely my feeling, and this is why. I mean, I'm here two years later, and there isn't anybody new still. Um, you know, and I think there are, you know, there are a couple, yourself included, of like amazing, if not well, world renowned, if not recognised wineries. You know, the wines that you produce that. Uh, there are a couple of other producers in the Canary Islands that are just, you know, they stand up to the best wines of the world. They're getting recognised by critics and everything else. But it is kind of shocking to me when I come here and I see these incredible vineyards, like these pieces of history, and you just think, why aren't more people coming here to make wine? Or why is there not more interesting wine being made here? And, and like any movement, I mean, all of the regions now that are very prominent and on all of the restaurant wine lists, I, I mean... Look at what happened in Beaujolais. I mean, that's decades of many producers working in a particular way. And I think yeah, you're right, uh, there's not enough people. There are a lot of uh, producers, a lot yeah. of people that uh, 
people from Japan going to Jura to make a wine. Oh, from... You're talking about Miwa, Kenjiro, yeah, oh my yeah. god, my wine Miro. hero. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so people, <laughs> oh, no. yeah, people from yeah. Australia, people from uh, everywhere going and will be good if it uh, start to come also, people from uh, outside, obviously, also the young people, local young people, that uh, for me, the best thing that has Canary Island now are the new generation of, uh, of producers, they are some ones that are uh, being started to well known, uh, like uh, Carmelo uh, and uh, Pablo Matallana, so new producer, but also uh, Victoria, uh, Torres. Victoria Torres. Victoria Torres. <laughs> Victoria Torres. <laughs> no, she's already it's established. It's like established. me, uh, so we are not uh, young, uh, like these people that are down 30. And also the, the son of uh, uh, Juan Jesus from Iñatigo, that is, has a established seller that uh, he. He worked in the Martino, he worked uh, the last uh, six months and he has a very open mind and will be good for, for the wines here when he starts to, to carry also that cellar and make his personal project. So I think that, that there will be a, a new generation that is going to make uh, great things. Uh, but, but then the, I think that the, the old school from here, people are not going to change. So but one day I'll move to Taganana. Yeah. <laughs> that, have a half house. hectare of wine and make yeah. a third of a barrel of wine <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and give you a bottle and send some bottles to my parents and then the bottles will be gone because I'll drink the yeah, rest yeah. of the year you, you have to, uh, <laughs> yeah. that house I like that house we saw it, uh, in the way that will be the amazing, uh, the amazing one uh, that's the future but yeah, um, I mean so we should finish talking about this wine. Um, yeah. So the wine now is... Los Pasitos. Los Pasitos. Los Pasitos. This is a... 2019. Uh, also the new vintage. This is a, a Baboso Negro. This is also a single vineyard from the property. The, so Baboso Negro is the great variety for yeah, people. Yeah, it's related thing. to the Alfocheiro Preto in Dao, for example, with the, uh, or Brunial in Salamanca. So there are a few... But again... Mutations, different, and, uh, and this is for me is an important wine because uh, I discover how this island, the potential that has for making the style of wine that you want. Uh, the Bauso Negro was uh, one, one grape that started to have a great uh, developing the island in 2000. It came from El Hierro Island and started to be planted also here because it's a grape that uh, has a lot of acidity. So allowed that you can write more and continue keeping acidity. Uh, but the problem is that me as a consumer, I, I, I felt a, a little bit boring because for me it's, uh, it's too deep, uh, a lot of color, a lot of... Uh, and, and I didn't enjoy it. That's uh, uh, okay. the... The Babosa Negro is a very small bunch that uh, also the ripeness is, uh, is, is a short cycle and also is very sensible to the botrytis so it's very okay. uh, difficult to have a, a lot of quantity from uh, uh, so it's very low yield and the, uh, the thing is that uh, I in the 16 you know that uh, we make a little bit uh, I start to be in charge of the wine making um, we, we start to think if, we, if I taste something for me it's ripe why we have to wait to have more alcohol? So, so it's right now. So let's uh, let's uh, let's make the wine and and see what happened. And happened that uh, with 12 degrees of alcohol has a great acidity, a, a lot of freshness. For me, the most I think uh, the most important thing is the freshness that uh, that uh, that we have and very enjoyable wine for for drink. It's uh, it's the uh, it's a new grape, a new discovery uh, in in this grape uh, and also happened with the Bejario Negro, the one that you told, that happened the same. Grape that has a lot of acidity, a lot of potential, uh, what uh, the people say again, that is a high potential for winemaking, but in doing uh, much, uh, we're harvesting three, four weeks earlier than uh, other people will uh, do normally. So, uh, maybe in Baboso less, because uh, Baboso is a grape that uh, that in, uh, in two weeks uh, maybe can uh, increase uh, three degrees of alcohol very fast. So, but uh, but uh, that uh, one and a half a week make a totally different wine. Uh, and I, uh, then I work in uh, like uh, most of the wines with whole bunch, and, uh, 
uh, I like to drink this wine. It's delicious. It's very drinkable. I mean, our cameraman has had uh, two glasses of that whilst we're just sipping away here. Um, and, and I think it's a great vintage, the, the 19. So uh, thanks everybody for tuning in, staying with us. Obviously quite a few wines that we've got through today. So I'll post um, the list of all of the wines. For those that are in the UK, um, for the wine trade people, it's all through Indigo Wine. Yeah. In Germany, there's a few different avenues that you can go down. Yeah, so normally it's, it's uh, Ravenborg and Biniverica. Biniverica most in the area of Karlsruhe, uh, Frankfurt, uh, and Ravenborg that is uh, located in Hamburg. Hamburg. Yeah, so Berliners, I think, are buying maybe yeah, both of them. Also, yes, the bottom of the north and uh, center. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, um, there are a number of wine shops and restaurants for the Berliners because we've got a big base in Berlin. You can come to Aura, there's lots of them there. Yeah. Or the Michelberger too. Um, in London, I know Marito, Moro, there's a number of restaurants. Noble Rot, um, yeah. there's an interesting Noble Rot magazine as well um, yeah. that's worth mentioning. Um, but yeah, and thank you very much. Thanks. Drink you. more volcanic wine and uh, until next time. We yeah. always do a cheers at the end as well. Cheers, we still have. Uh, <laughs> <that one. laughs>